0: The real full extension of logistic visibility is how is this going to impact across everything that I do in my business? How is this going to impact the next steps? Delays in raw materials, how is this going to impact production orders or maintenance orders? How is this delayed in the production order going to impact a delivery to a customer? How is this going to impact another transportation into a distribution center? How is this going to at the end impact the experience of the end consumer? That is what is full logistics visibility.
1: Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain podcast. My name is Richard Howells. I'm a Vice President for Thought Leadership for SAP's ERP Finance and Supply Chain Solutions. And I'm joined by my co-host Nicole.
2: Hi everyone. I'm Nicole Smythe, and I'm a marketer, blogger and podcaster on the topic of supply chain here at SAP. So today we're joined by our guest Rene Vallejo to discuss the cost of poor visibility across your supply chain and transversely the value of business networks. So welcome Rene. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a pleasure to have you on. So if you could just take a moment to introduce yourself, give some background into your previous experiences and what you do today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Well, my name is René Vallejo. I've been working at SAP for the last 10 years, but I've been around 30 years on the SAP ecosystem as a prospective customer, implementation partner, and within SAP, I've been focused on supply chain. Awesome. So,
2: before we dive into the specifics, I think we should start with a high-level question that I'm sure is top of mind for so many leaders. So with that, what are some of the logistical challenges that companies are facing today?
0: That's a great question. I think it's uncertainty. What is gonna happen? A few years ago, creating a plan has a high expectation of going as planned, maybe little deviations. But today, the uncertainty is what dominates everything. So that is the new normal. That is the biggest challenge that every company is having across all the execution, You plan, you optimize, you refine what you want to do, but you're challenged by reality and reality is biting really hard right now. So I think this is the main challenge right now, the front one. And overall is what is the impact of this? I mean, how deep it goes into my business operation. And if we add to the challenges in supply chain, the economic situation that we're living in right now, and... Each one of us as individuals or companies, our top priorities is protecting our revenue and controlling our cost. And supply chain execution has a huge impact on that. So how is this going to help me to maintain my revenue, keep supplying my customers and have a good relationship with my suppliers and my sources, and also keep this under control. That is what is in my perspective, talking with customers on a frequent basis that what I perceive is the main challenge that everybody is having right now across the globe.
1: That's a pretty common feedback that we've been getting in this series. You talked about uncertainty, you're talking about planning in the real world, but then things go astray when you execute or planning in the perfect world. And things go astray when you execute in the real world. And when we talk about logistics challenges, it often comes down to how do I improve visibility across the logistics network? Where's my order? Is the shipment on time? How will that delay affect other production runs or customer orders, etc.? So in your mind, and you've got a really interesting perspective because you were a prospect of SAP, you were a customer of SAP, you were a partner of SAP, and now you're an employee of SAP. So you yes. can look at it from all different angles. So what are some of the ramifications of poor visibility?
0: This is a great question. And I first of all, what I would like to explain that The full extension of logistics visibility is not just to know where a shipment is. That is great. That is the first piece of information because once you plan for something and then some is not showing up, I mean, you need to know where that is. So that is a frontline, but the real full extension of logistic visibility is how is this going to impact across everything that I do in my business? So. It's very important to have the updates of logistic events at the fingertips of the people who works with commercial transactions, buyers for inbound, customer service representatives and sales representatives for customer for outbound, supply chain and logistic inventory optimizers, etc., material planners for all the intercompany movements. That is the second line, is having that information directly into the commercial orders, visible and updated, so you know how is this going to impact the next steps, delays in raw materials, how is this going to impact production orders or maintenance orders? How is this delayed in the production order going to impact a delivery to a customer? How is this going to impact another transportation into a distribution center? How is this going to, at the end, impact the experience of the end consumer. That is what is full logistics visibility. How do you understand the impact of one single event across the entire supply chain, across all the different elements? So that's one. The other is using that information in the immediate plan. So if we go to operations planning, I mean, MRP can help you to identify what is the next steps, those production orders or maintenance orders that will be impacted. But when we go to advanced planning, is how are we going to replan for the next year or for a couple of years? Do we need to change my source strategy? Do I need to change how is this going to be supplied or sourced or manufactured? So these this big decisions need real information. And this is where logistics visibility in the full extension is really means. How is this going to help me to maintain and protect my revenue and keep costs under control? Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. You speak about the visibility and trying to plan ahead, but it is challenging. And I think everyone can attest, especially with COVID, no one could plan for that. But with that visibility and that data ahead of time or in that moment, they were able to really adjust and drive that resiliency or that visibility through their networks. But, you know, you spoke about different challenges that companies face, like economic distress. That's a big one nowadays, but also the business impacts of these challenges. So, for instance, increased inventory carrying costs or even poor decision making. And knowing this information, we know that companies are always actively looking for a solution. And, of course, SAP can drive that for them. So with that, how can businesses address these obstacles and their impacts to negate that risk and really drive that visibility across their systems?
0: This is a great question. Well, first of all, you mentioned the pandemic and many of the effects are waving out, but that was just the first impact that we had. It was the wake up call. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going through impacts. We're still navigating through social or uh, geopolitical distress that could happen at any point of time. And could impact the routes that we have across the globe, or even the sourcing of specific products and commodities. But the biggest one, and we're just starting to see the tip of the iceberg, is climate change. Mm. And this is going to impact in many different ways, because the route is the source is everything that is very important and the other is in relation to that in order to prevent that there are a lot of new economic restrictions or regulations in the world that will change the way we source one example is that many industries like the high tech that were intensive users of air shipments now they need to move to ocean because that's part of the carbon footprint regulation that in regions of the world like in europe is coming on soon So there are many challenges. And what this means is that the level of uncertainty is actually not going down. It's actually going to increase. So how to prepare for that is get better visibility of what is happening across all the execution. And when I'm talking about execution is not just only about transportation. Remember that manufacturing is also execution. So logistics, in fact, is the inventory that is in movement and or transformation. So manufacturing is included into that. So if you're uh, getting a third-party manufacturing somewhere in the world, I mean, how is all these regulations going to impact? So it's not just the sourcing of products and commodities. It's the sourcing of labor. It's the sourcing of design and other value elements that are going to be impacted. So getting the full grip of all these elements in one single planning view, that is what is really important. So the first thing that you need to add into the pool is the, real-time execution, what is the information? And one very important element is getting through the Great Visibility Partners that we work with, what is the current event that is happening and getting that information in order to synchronize your operations right now, but also to help you to understand what is going to be better to replant, better time replenish quantities, additional sources. What is the decision that I need to make? Because at the end, you mentioned something earlier in the conversation poor decision planning and poor decision planning is not a choice it's a symptom of lack of visibility and this is what we are trying to tackle i mean provide good visibility real time in directly in the business transactions so the decision making in the today for operations planning or for the near future in the strategic side get improved that is what we are trying to help our customers with Mm, that's
2: awesome and i think that visibility is just invaluable. And I really like that you spoke about sustainability, especially from a climate change perspective, because we see it as such an individual perspective, because we kind of think of ourselves and the longevity of our society. But people tend to forget that this also has such a real impact on supply chain on networks and how we actually keep thriving as a society too. So big kudos for calling that out. But of course, another big topic within the business processes, and you spoke about this in regards to the visibility, is of course the data and having that across your enterprise. However, business systems like a transportation system, for instance, can't have all of that data to provide full visibility when it comes to a vehicle's GPS location or weather patterns, for example. So really, where does all of this data and other external data come from?
0: That's a really good question. And this is where technology plays a really important place because there are different types of technology that are actually enabling this today. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And we wouldn't have visibility if we don't have the sensors and the readers that are directly integrated either in a pallet or box or a container or transportation unit. So that information is really important. So most of the transportation across any means being a wagon in rail, airplane, truck, or ocean liner are equipped with a a geolocation. This is normally called ELDs and the ELD is sending the signal of where they are. So Mm -hmm. timestamp and geolocation. In addition to that is, I mean, what is other information you need to know about the plants, I mean, what is the products, commodities that are moving into that? I mean, where are they going? What is the next milestone? So we work with visibility partners as the frontline data aggregators that gather all that information put it in a visibility message that then we consume. And then through our business network, we process and correlate that information with the business transaction. And then we put this back in the business system. So that is the first step that we are doing. And this is what we do with the business network for logistics. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, we can help with the collaboration. I mean, how can you integrate and transact and collaborate with visibility before the execution actually starts? with your carrier. So, how are you going to negotiate the best price? How are you going to select the best carrier for that? Mm -hmm. How are you going to exchange communications during the execution, for example, for a doc appointment? Uh, All that is very important. So, the network that uh, we have in logistics and the participants that we integrate to like visibility partners are our carriers is very important because this is the way that we exchange information and we collaborate. So collaboration is a very key and essential element in the logistics visibility, because as you take decisions, you need to keep that communication back and forth. So this is a very important element in what we're working with today with our customers, going beyond the four walls, going beyond your business system and communicate and transact, but also bring back that information and keep it updated and synchronized with the collaboration and the execution.
1: I have a follow-on question from that, actually, because you talked about, and you didn't actually say the butterfly effect, but it made me think of the butterfly effect of a butterfly flapping its wings and there's a tsunami somewhere on the other side of the world. Because the effect of a single event and the impact that can have on an entire business, it could be catastrophic. I mean, the importance of real-time visibility into into intercompany movements and anything that impacts that, whether it's a port blockage that we saw lots of a few years ago, weather events that we're seeing all of the time. Just two weeks ago, a highway collapsed running up and down the east coast of the US, and that's had significant impacts on logistics and the logistics networks. And then you said and the impact on the experience of the end consumer or the end customer is what ultimately is what we need to be able to address. But that one little event could have an impact that ripples through the whole supply chain. So what are some of the examples of enabling logistics visibility across the business network when it comes to, say, intelligent insights and tracking and tracing the movement of goods?
0: Good point. And this brings another important element that is not just the visibility of where a current event is happening, Is what risks are ahead in the execution of a plan. For example, if I am shipping something from South Florida to the Northeast and I need to go through the 95, and that is a situation right now, and I need to replan for that, I need to know that before I start the execution. So, in order I can replan yep. that route. Mm-hmm. For this, we also work with a busy risk visibility partners so they can give us updates on things that would could that are happening across the globe from different perspective, from weather situations, there's a hurricane. I live in South Florida, so I know that for a significant part of the year, the airport and the port will not be operating in a specific times so or there's going to be a lot of risk. Or there's other situations that, I mean, like you mentioned, just a bridge that collapsed in one of the most intense use routes like the... I-95 in North America, I mean, that can collapse the supply chains. Or if you remember, it also two weeks ago, the, uh, the additional impact with making very risk to transit, even in the day with all this smoke that we have been having from the forest in Canada. So all this situation at risk. So we need to include, not just the visibility of what is happening, but what risk or events will threat the execution of a plan so you can replant even before that happens. If our customers would have that information for example before the Suez canal a couple of years ago got stuck they could replan for something else or, or take preventions into either taking another route or ship part of the material by air or make the best decisions before actually these create a hassle that is very important so this is some, a concept that may sound new from a lot of our customers because the main concern is what is happening now is What you need to consider what is going to happen or what could happen in the near future or days or hours in the execution of a plan that is very important. One decision that could impact, for example, is where do I need to source bananas from? For example, maybe there would be a time of the year where I, Philippines would not be my best choice. Maybe I need to go to the Caribbean or somewhere else because there are weather events that is going to be very challenging, or is going to increase the cost and make it very expensive, especially when you're talking about products that are perishable. So all these variations and elements need to be taken in consideration. And the 4C risk in the plan that is about to start to be executed is very important because actually you start the execution.
1: Yeah. We, also, we also saw, I mean, you talked about different sourcing Alternatives, we learned the hard way in some cases, having alternate sourcing strategies is also a mechanism for reducing the risk across the supply chain. Again, that's where the networks can help in identifying alternate sources of supply.
0: You're absolutely correct. I used to focus on manufacturing and I think that within the four walls, we'd manage this much better because it was more under our control. So you see our manufacturing execution systems integrating with all the intelligence in the equipment and getting the latest data and then allowing us to do the last replanning and adjustment before throwing a plan in the shop floor for execution based on. What is the throughput of a production line or what are the issues with any of the equipment on the production line that would impact or the lack of a material or anything that could happen and we can adjust the plan just before throwing that into the shop floor. That is exactly what we're doing, but in a much larger scale and with much broader data. And bringing in the added complexity
1: of your dealing with third parties as well. It's not all within your control. You might not be responsible. You might have a logistics provider that's actually moving the goods. Modes of transport, as you mentioned a little earlier, becomes important in some cases. There was one other area I wanted to drill down a little bit on because you touched on sustainability. But I have a follow on question from that. I mean, logistics is an area that has huge impact on things such as emissions, a company's carbon footprint, the Scope 3 emissions, for example, and also product efficacy and traceability. But on the flip side, as a result, logistics is also a huge area of opportunity to improve these numbers and help companies meet either mandated or self-committed goals. So what's required to enable the traceability and genealogy and why is it important when it comes to minimizing the product recalls and material traceability in general?
0: Well, material traceability has different elements. So one example would be is once I already produce something, how I go and track this back. And I think this is something that we've been providing industries like CPG for a few years now so we can help them to manage all the information from what they produce and send to customers. I think that is very important. This is something that with solutions like batch management and global batch traceability, and also with the advanced tracking for pharma we've been providing to our customers. But again, it's for information that is within their control, within the four walls. What happens when you want to extend all over the place? So we have the visibility and control of batch genealogy and there's two important drivers in order to do that one is compliance so for example if you need to prove like in the cosmetic industries where something was blended manufactured package etc because there is a social responsibility this is going to be consumed by a person and applied directly on the skin you need to prove every single step and trace it back to the component, components or sub-assemblies. I mean, that could be like a blended product, the package process, and even getting into the origin that would be a core ingredient. So that is very important. So when you have a regulation, that is the first driver. But the second is we as consumers have evolved and a lot of information that we have available, and we want to make better decisions on what we consume. So you want to Buy something that you're going to eat, you need to know where this is coming from, what it was engaged. I mean, is this socially and environmentally responsible? And when you provide this normally, it has a higher cost. And you need to prove and validate that additional premium price that customers are going to pay, need to have the proof that this is really sourced ethically and from environmental and social perspective. But the way that you can prove this to your customers is showing the genealogy. So if I'm producing a chocolate bar and I'm telling you that the chocolate is coming from a specific country and specific farms during this process and they are replenishing the forest and this is the way that they are working with the cooperatives and all that, that make me feel much more comfortable when I'm going to pay for a premium that may be actually double of the price of a very similar product. And that is very important because I can prove that into the customer, but there could be other elements, like for example, today, there is a restriction of cotton coming from a specific regions in China. So at this moment, there's no way to identify just cotton is coming from a specific source in China, but nobody what it was grown and pick up and maybe the original thread or bales were generated so think about all the middle way participants that could be the textile manufacturer or the fiber i mean they could be impacted they cannot prove that so getting ready to prove the origin of what you're selling is going to become more and more important because a restriction or regulation like that can appear at any time but that is one is very important on that So if we go with the traceability of other things like carbon footprint, that's also going to be a very important element because when you go to the sources and you have this breadcrumb that you can follow back in the product, you can also estimate better what is the real impact from sustainability perspective. And when we talk about sustainability, we don't talk just uh, environmental sustainability. It's also about social sustainability. And I think that is very important that, Our customers understand that they need to start thinking about this even if they are not yet being subject to those restrictions.
1: It's really interesting because it's also important for all types of companies. Because if you think about it, if somebody three tiers down the supply chain has labor issues, for example, and that comes out in the press, it's the brand at the end of the supply chain that gets impacted ultimately. But also as a small company, if you can be part of that network and share the information, you've got more chance of doing business as a supplier within that supply chain as well, because you're providing the key information that becomes important to, as you said, right at the start, help that whole customer experience. They can take their mobile phone and they can see exactly where that product was manufactured, where it was sourced, etc., etc. It becomes a huge benefit.
0: Exactly what you say is very important because consumers, each one of us as consumers, we expect to have a product that complies or satisfies specific needs. We as consumers, we are much more aware of the impacts of what we use and we want to be responsible. And this is something that is growing and growing. And also there's regulations that can appear at any time. And this is very important to understand. I mean, for me as a customer, maybe, what is this coming from? And what is the impact of this on the environment? And that is something that is not a trend. It's something that is the new reality and is going to keep growing because the new generation, especially that Gen this that is going to be the highest market of consumers in a few years, they are much more aware of this and they want to be much more engaged into that. So that is, even if you don't have a regulation, It's very important that our customers start to think about how are we going to work.
1: I mean, we've had this discussion with other presenters as well around the sustainability pressures are coming from everywhere. Whether it's consumers or customers, whether it's investors who are looking to invest in ethical companies, Uh, employees want to work for a sustainable company, and also. Regulatory bodies, if nothing else, regulatory bodies are going to make it a requirement. And I'd be interested in your point of view here, but it looks like a lot of the regulations are coming from Europe first. The plastics tax,
0: the supply chain
1: due diligence act in Germany.
0: Yes, and that is totally true. From Europe, you can see that this is coming more from a government regulation perspective. But if we come here in North America, you see that the trend is coming from two sources. First is the investors also. There are specific indexes that right now works in ESG. There are companies that say, well, the evaluation of your company is not going to be impacted not just for your revenue or the product or how you expand. Also, what is the impact on the footprint that you're living environmentally and socially with the business that you do? That is also something that is very important. So for many companies, proving this can be a very important aspect on the evaluation of that company by itself. Mm-hmm.
2: I've actually seen, and you know, you're talking about Gen Z earlier and I'm at the very top of Gen Z. So I'm like, i right on the cusp, but it is really interesting because on social media, it's been like a growing trend now to shop sustainably, whether it's your clothing or it's your everyday utensils, whatever it may be. And it's really being driven from TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, things like that. And there are companies that have been essentially Called out, as they say, I put that in quotations, but because of that visibility, because they're saying, you know, they're green, they're conscious, but then once they actually get that data and they drive into it, they're really not sustainably sourcing or producing. So, in that, it pressures them from consumers to say, okay, you're saying you're green, you're saying you have these low carbon emissions, or you say you're sustainable, but you're not. So, please step up so that us as consumers can actually feel like we're ethically shopping and consuming.
1: Fifty Shades
0: of Green.
2: hmm exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, I agree with you and I think this is the right thing to do because you're going to be living in this world much longer than I do. So it makes totally sense that you care for how is this going to be. I'm Gen X and I think that in my generation, when I was your age, I mean, we didn't have the same volume of information. And I think that this collective knowledge and conscious that is created also by social media that today may be very similar to what a person of your age thinks and reacts and consumes, either that you are in Europe, in Asia, or Africa, Latin America, or North America, because you share these values commonly. We didn't have that before. And that information gives you a lot of power. And then you have the power of the consumer, and that is reflected in how the companies that you choose to work for are going to be evaluated, and investors are looking at that too.
1: So So, René, I am convinced we could keep talking for another 30 minutes and we wouldn't even pause for breath. But I've got one more question, but before that, is there anything that we haven't asked you that we should have asked you?
0: I think that the question here is, what's next? This is what we're doing right now, but what is next? What is the immediate things that we can think about, I think, with this cost, I mean, this is what we're living, in, and that's going to be very sensitive in matter of quarters or months or even within the next year. But what is going to happen after that? And the answer I could give to that question would be that there's going to be much more uncertainty. There's going to be much more demanding, conscious on the customers. And there's going to be a way higher look on a business, not just in how... They supply or provide something, or how awesome the financial performance is, is what is the footprint that is living in this world, socially and environmentally. And I think that is something that is going to change. If we go four years ago and you look at the biggest companies in the world in that time, most of them are not here right now, or they are not big players i think that that's something that could change not in 40 years but in three or four years and it's going to be very important for companies to understand how they need to prepare for that so i think this thinking of what is happening in in the near term in the next three years in the next two years is going to be very important because what we're doing today is just the beginning this is just the tip of the iceberg today is a good thing to have it's a nice thing to have but this is just the beginning this is just the tip of the iceberg and as i mentioned the pandemic was a wake-up call But there's a lot of debate that through.
1: That was a very Darwinian. That's what came through my mind. It's not the strongest of the species that survives. It's the ones that's most responsive to change. If you can't keep up with the pace of change, you're not going to be here in a few years' time. So the one final question we ask everyone, and it sort of ties in with what you've just talked about, is from your point of view, what is the future of supply chain?
0: Adaptive. You should be extremely flexible to adapt to emerging situations because the level of uncertainty is extremely high. That is the future of the supply chain, is that need to be adaptive. And in order to be adaptive, need more information, need more correlation of the, informa- I mean, external information that doesn't need to have anything to do with what you're doing. Was, what is the impact of weather, of a war? So all, all that is gonna be extremely important. We talk about, a lot of, about resilience. I think that's today. But what is gonna be really important is that your supply chain is adaptive. And that is very important. That is for me, the future of the supply chain.
1: Well, Renee, thanks for a great conversation. It's been really interesting and it's flown by.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that.
1: I'm sure you'll be back.
0: I'll be happy to do that.
1: And thanks everyone for listening. Please mark us as a favorite and you can get regular updates and information about future episodes. But until next time, from Renee, Nicole and I, thank you for discussing the future of supply chain.